This is Gene Lance on the Workers' Beat Extra. Stronger unions mean higher wages, safer working conditions, and dignity for all people who work. The problem is that unions are getting smaller and weaker as time goes by. The reason? It's very simple. When the labor law that we live under was first created, back in the 1930s, government took the stand that they were going to be neutral. They didn't want unions and companies to be fighting all the time, so they fancied themselves as kind of like a referee in a neutral way. They were supposed to be just standing to the side and helping labor and management come to some kind of conclusion that would not involve a big fight. However, that all began to change immediately after World War II. It's easy to understand when you realize that the government of the United States at the end of World War II turned against working people worldwide, including in their own country. In 1947, they passed a law that they called the Taft-Hartley Law. It was named after Mr. Taft and Mr. Hartley. And they set things up so that unions would be greatly weakened. This was not originally called what it's called now. They had what they called open shop and closed shop. Open shop was what the bosses wanted. In other words, the workers would not really be able to organize. Closed shop meant that if the union had a contract with the employer, that contract covered every member of that bargaining unit. And every member of that bargaining unit paid their share, they paid union dues, to uh, administer that contract. The 1947 law said, no, it's okay for states to change that and have only open shop by force of law. And they called it the open shop movement. There was an open shop committee. The open shop won out when the Republicans passed the Taft-Hartley law in 1947. Since that time, labor law has gotten worse and worse and worse, which means that the government has taken the side of the employers more and more and more. The unions have done their best to survive under these very difficult conditions, and at the same time, they have tried to get legislation to get the government off their backs. The Taft-Hartley law and then a number of laws that got worse and worse. So unions are greatly constrained as to what they can do in politics and greatly constrained in what they can do in organizing. For example, most organizing drives never happen. 
you may, in a workplace, you may get a few people together and decide that you would like to get a union. And so you go to a union and get a professional organizer, which is the right thing to do. They might come in and they might uh, start asking people if they would join. But if they don't get a very large percentage signed up, they will never carry it any further than that because they know that most organizing drives never happen because they're doomed to failure. Unions go into these fights with one hand and one leg tied behind them and blindfolded for that matter. And the, the government makes it very, very hard to organize. So most of the time when someone tries to organize, they won't even get an organizing drive started. When they do, they may not ever get to the point of calling for an election. I think that most unions today would not even call for an election if they didn't already have 70% of the bargaining unit signed up. By the way, the bargaining unit is defined by the government. The National Labor Relations Board defines the bargaining unit after hearing arguments from the union and from the company. And in the case of Bessemer, Alabama, they started off with about 1,700 people who really did want to join a union. And that's how the RWDSU got into it. But the company argued, no, that's not the right bargaining unit. You have to have this other bargaining unit with over 5,000 people in it, over 5,000 people that the union didn't know, over 5,000 people that had not asked the union to come in. And the company got their way with the government. So the government uh, ascertained that the bargaining unit was this big 5,000 unit thing. That was only the beginning of the problems. After that, the company did all kinds of, of questionable things that at, at one time or another had, have been against the law. Most of them are not against the law now. And even when they are against the law, companies don't really pay any penalties. Just about the worst thing that companies do is fire the union supporters. And if they get caught, and if it gets proven that they have fired these union supporters illegally, just about all they have to do is hire them back and give them some back pay. By then, they've already broken the, the organizing drive. So, in other words, companies break the law at will, and they don't really have to worry about the government giving them any big fines or putting anybody in jail for breaking those laws. The government just more or less looks the other way or gives them a little slap on the wrist. The PRO Act would solve our problems. The PRO Act stands for Protect the Right to Organize. It would empower workers to organize and bargain. It would hold corporations accountable when they do these union-busting things. It would make the illegal acts really punishable. And something that everybody in Texas labor movement really loves, it would repeal the laws that force unions to accept the open shop.
They don't call it open shop anymore. They call it right to work. And that awful slogan, which isn't what it says at all, it doesn't give anybody any rights, and it doesn't help anybody to work. It's simply a pro-employer ploy. And that awful name was invented right here in Dallas by the Dallas Morning News. The Dallas Morning News invented calling it right to work instead of calling it open shop, which is what it was. So these laws were created during the Jim Crow era, and they keep black and white workers from organizing together. They make it very, very difficult because of the government being on the side of the employers. Unions are trying very hard to get the PRO Act passed, protect their right to organize. They're working on calling congressmen and things like that to get the PRO Act passed. P-R-O. Get behind it and help. If you want to see inequality end and a better and more just America, you need to have unions and you're not going to get them if we don't change labor law. So get the PRO Act passed. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. <laughs>